Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Passing Shot, the tennis podcast by fans. I'm Joel. I'm Kim. And on today's episode, welcome to The Passing Shots 2020 end of season quiz. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Kim, what better way to end the season than with a classic of the passing shot schedule the end of season quiz is here something i've been very much looking forward to although we've got a caveat obviously we say end of season quiz we we love quizzes so much actually we did one didn't we in like during all the madness in lockdown whilst we were trying to figure out what our episode schedule was so we were just like ah let's do a mid-season quiz (laughs) joel i love quizzing so much i would happily do a weekly passing shot quiz (laughs) but i feel like that might be a bit intense for our listeners so don't worry guys that will not be happening uh but yeah we won't be featuring the first few months of this season because we already covered those I think, on our quiz back at the end of March. So this will be kind of April onwards. But there's still quite a lot that's happened and there's certainly enough for us to have fun devising some questions to test not only each other, but everyone listening along. So get your pens and paper at the ready and, yeah, get get cracking, get your thinking brains uh, on <laughs> and see how you do and see if you can beat uh, myself and Joel as well. Yeah, we do have an answer sheet that is linked in the description, but of course you can just kind of play along with uh, pen and paper. So the structure for today's quiz um, is going to be a classic. Um, there are going to be four sections. Each section has 10 questions in. We're, the first section is going to be easy difficulty, ATP and WTA tour. The second section is going to be medium stroke, hard difficulty, uh, ATP and WTA tour. Then we're going to have a third section, which is going to be on the French Open and US Open. And then the final section is going to be on the ATP tour finals in London over the last 12, uh, over the last 12 years. So those are our four sections for the quiz me me myself and kim we're going to take it in terms to ask each other um we've we've kind of split we split duties halfway kim we've genuinely not seen each other's questions in in sort of passing shot tradition which of course means that we we could very much very easily have the same questions <laughs> yeah i mean i would hope that we wouldn't have exactly the same question but if if, if a question is slightly duplicated then we'll go with the flow we'll, we'll see if we get to that Joel I'm hoping enough (laughs) has happened for us to kind of focus on different things but yeah I mean shall we get started do you want me to begin yeah yes you you begin and I promise hand on heart I'm going to do no no googling whatsoever 
no googling whatsoever i also promised joel not to feature any questions about weddings because <laughs> i have been known to focus on player weddings in the past um but yeah we're wedding free this time round. i think <laughs> okay right let's begin first round easy well we say easy um e- that's obviously subjective but easy atp slash wta okay question number one what event did novak djokovic win this year to become the first male tennis player in history to win each of the Masters events twice. Oh, yes. Um, I, yeah, that's, there's always something about this, isn't there? Because every year it's, it's this one, it's almost like his, I think it's like his bogey Masters event. Um, I think it is the, I want to say it's the Cincinnati Masters, which was held at Flushing Meadows, but I think it's the Cincinnati Masters. There haven't been as many masters this year, of course, but I'm pleased to say, Joel, that you are indeed correct. It was oh, Cincinnati. Uh, he defeated Milos Rajonic in the final. But yeah, Novak has made history. He's got all of the masters twice, which is quite insane. I think I'm already off to a much better start than I have been in any sort of previous <laughs> quiz that we've done. Um, but OK, right. My question, first question to you, so this would be question two. What was the name of Patrick Muratroglu's series of exhibition tennis events that started in lockdown? Oh, that's a good one. Um, my, for some reason, my mind wanted to say tie break tens, but I know that's not right. <laughs> that's what they do at the AA before um, the actual tournament. Um, it is otherwise known as UTS. It's the ultimate tennis showdown i do believe that is correct yes yes ultimate tennis showdown we were a bit skeptical weren't we at the beginning but actually i think it's it's quite it's a bit of fun it's a bit of fun on the side isn't it it is and it might very well be featuring uh later on uh so yeah bit of a heads up there Okay, right. My next question for you, Joel. I was just gonna like (laughs) wait for the next question then, but it's me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Question number three. What was so memorable about Victoria Azarenka's victory over Sophia Kennan in the second round of the Rome Open? Yes, yes, I remember this. Um, This was crazy given Kennan went on to do really well at the French Open, but she got, uh, she was obviously a Grand Slam champion, Australian Open champion, and she got double bageled, which does not happen very often grand slam champions are not there to get double bagel but i'm pretty sure azarenka did hand her um a double bagel um six love six love correct she did yeah pretty embarrassing uh scoreline but i think it's fair to say that sophia kennan kind of turned it around by reaching the french open final uh you know <laughs> a couple of weeks later so i think she made up for that one just a little bit yeah, definitely. Arguably, almost was the best thing to happen to her. But um, yeah, yeah, perhaps. Um, okay, question four from me: Which player won back-to-back titles in Cologne One and Cologne Two? Ah, uh, 
See, maybe, Joel, with this season being sort of curtailed and much shorter, <laughs> I feel like I'm remembering more than I normally would. Um, maybe our listeners also feel the same. But yeah, I think this this player, is, it's, you know, he won at his uh, home events and was pretty dominant at this particular phase of the season. So I'm going to say it was Sasha Zverev. Sasha Zverev is correct. Yes, Cologne oh. one and two back to back. He he did the business. I think he beat he beat Ogier Aliassime, didn't he? In one of the finals, I can't remember who he beat in the, in the other final. But um, yeah, it was it was Zverev who yeah he was on he was in a pretty rich streak of form, wasn't he? At, at that point, he just loves an indoor hard court. He does. I think it was Diego Schwartzman in the other final, but I think it was oh, like yes. even yes. less competitive um, in that one. Uh, cool. Okay. Fabulous. Right. We're 100% so far, Joel. I'm worried, I'm worried who's going to take the first, who's going to take the first incorrect <laughs> answer. I feel like it's inevitably uh, okay. going to be me, but okay. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> okay. Question <laughs> number five. Question number five. Which Belarusian player beat their doubles partner in the final of the WTA Linz event earlier this month? I'm just throwing all the Belarusians out there at the moment. Well, uh, it was, and I think she, again, had a really good end to the season. I'm pretty sure it was Sabalenka, Anya Sabalenka beat her doubles partner Mertens, I think. Yeah, okay. If there was a bonus question, Joel, I would give it to you, but Mertens wasn't necessary. But yes, you are absolutely (laughs) correct. I just wanted to show off. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Sabalenka won in straight sets. And obviously, we were talking a couple of episodes ago about how they, you know, did a nice jump in the trophy ceremony, kind of celebrating together, which was really nice. So yeah, well done. Okay, uh, my next question. Novak Djokovic suffered a surprise straight sets loss in Vienna. But who was it against? <laughs> Great one. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, this 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 person uh, may very well come up later as well. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a really surprising um, victory and defeat, I suppose, from someone that we don't know too much about, or we certainly didn't before this uh, victory. But it was, I do believe, the kind of up-and-coming Italian Lorenzo Sonigo, who beat Novak in Vienna. That is correct. Yes, uh, Sonigo, yeah, had, he just had a really good game. And Italians this season just have been have just been very, very good as a, as a nation. And yeah, this was a very, very surprising result, but it was a fantastic, um, it was a fan, I think it was a fantastic shot in the arm. And um, it was... Um, yeah, it was just one of the matches of the. It was just one of the matches of the tournament, and and Djokovic hasn't lost many this season. But when he does, it seems to be in a surprising and spectacular fashion. <laughs> well, uh, can't beat the U.S. Open for spectacular, I suppose, no, in the, the manner yeah. of that one. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Question seven. We we move on. Which nineteen-year-old? future star of the men's game clinched his first ATP title this month in Sofia. Uh, I believe that is another another Italian in Yannick Sinner. 19, yeah, he's like 19 years old or he's something crazy like that. But I think it's Yannick Sinner was one, was one of them, um, one of the debut winners on the tour. So I'm going, Sinner, Sinner was the winner. Sinner was the winner. <laughs> amazing yeah when you said italian just then i was like 
I'd, I'd forgotten temporarily that he was Italian because you know he's come he comes from like the German uh, speaking area so I guess because he doesn't have a very Italian name I'm kind of I forget actually that he is Italian sometimes um, but yes you're completely right he beat Vasek uh, Pospisil in the final in a last set tiebreak to to win the Sofia Open so yeah um, massive well done to you Joel still a hundred percent. Um, okay, <laughs> right. My next question for you, uh, which I think is question eight. So, which player went on the run with his family after testing positive for COVID in St. Petersburg? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I had to gosh. get it in there somewhere. I had to get it in there somewhere, Kim. <laughs> I love just on the run. I mean, it just makes <laughs> our sport sound so strange, so cool. but amazing. Um, yeah, tennis tennis is cool. <laughs> These things happen. Um, yes, I think everyone probably, well, would get this. Uh, we, we have spoken about it at some length <laughs> over the last few episodes. That player would be Sam Query, who's uh, turned up, I think, in California since then, hasn't he? Mm. Yeah, that is correct. Sam Query doing his own James Bond audition, I think. I think is, <laughs> this is probably the best way to put it. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was Sam Query, correct? Fabulous. Okay. Question number nine. Who won the WTA Rome event, defeating Pliskova in the final and extending her win streak to 14 matches? Oh, now this I do not know, although this is not coming oh, to, yes. this is not coming, this is not coming to me straight away. Um, so Rome, final, oh, um, uh, clay court, um, it, I f- did you, uh, did you say they beat Pliskova in the final? They did indeed. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a very exciting final. Yeah. No, no, it hasn't really. I want to say, I know this is wrong. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to get this. I think it was, I'm going to say, um, I'm just going to say Azarenka, even though I know I'm completely wrong. I think she lost to this. I think Azarenka got to the semis or the quarters and then lost, but I'm going to say Azarenka. That's not a bad guess because obviously Azarenka did have a bit of a purple patch, obviously around that kind of time. But it was actually Simona Halep who won. Uh, she beat Pliskova. Pliskova retired in the second set. So um, it was a bit of a non-entity of a final. But yeah, it was Halep. And obviously going into the French Open, we were all kind of assuming she was going to win. But alas, she did not. Oh, okay. All right. I should have got that, but anyway. Um, <laughs> yes. feel like we forget Hallett. Oh, yeah. Ah, Hallett will be kicking herself for that French Open, but anyway. Um, right, my final question for you is concerning this. So final question, question 10. Who, which unseeded player was the champion at the WTA Lexington event in the United States? Oh, Lexington. My gosh. <laughs> that was a, it's the first year they've hosted that, I think, this year. Yeah, it was, that was pretty. Um, mm. One of the first ones back, wasn't it? Serena mm. played it mm. and Venus, I think. Um, oh, yes. I think I know who it is. Yeah. Um, 
because this person did well at the US Open. Uh, I think, I can't remember who she played in the final, but I think it was Jennifer Brady. Correct. It was Woo. Jennifer Brady. Um, yes. Yeah, she was great, wasn't she, on the, the American high courts. And um, yeah, she again is sort of unseeded and just kind of blew away all of the competition. Um, I'm literally just looking at the score lines of her route. And it was like 6-2-6-1-6-2-6-3-6-1-6-2-6-2-6-4. And then she beat Jill Teichman in the final 6-3-6-4. Oh. So yeah, it was an unseeded final, and then Jennifer Brady won. So yes, hundred. I think you, that means you, you hundred percent. This is like when I get the first question on University Challenge, right, Joel? <laughs> and I'm like hundred percent, hundred percent. Then it goes quickly, sharply downhill uh, when they do the next <laughs> question. <laughs> um, cool. Okay, so we're going to go on to our difficult ATP slash WTA round, where the questions should get a lot more tricky. So if anyone's been listening along thinking, hey, this is way too easy, then uh, things are going to change soon, I hope. (laughs) So I'm going to begin with the next one, which will actually be question 11. Um, Joel, at the moment, I'm ahead of you by one point. So we'll see if that changes after this, after the second round as well. But yeah, let's begin. Question 11. Which promising young French player won the WTA title in Palermo this summer? on the restart of the WTA tour? That is a good question. Uh, I am going to say, and do you know, the only reason I know this answer is because I was researching it um, when I was coming coming up with questions. Fortunately, I didn't put this as a question, but I think it's Fiona Farrow. Oh, yes, you're right, Joel. Well done. Because yes. I was wondering if, if you would get that. I mean, I don't know if I would have got it if I hadn't have designed that question. But um, yeah, it feels like such a long time ago. She beat Annette Contemay in the final. I mean, that's, yeah, a very easy to forget that one. And she also beat Heather Watson in round one at the French Open, I feel. She, she did. Like she did. Yeah. She did. Um, I mean, yeah, very good got- clay court player. Yeah, Ferro got to, I think, the third round of the French Open or the fourth round. No, I think it was the fourth round. I think she lost to Kennan, didn't she, in like three sets. So she's had a pretty good, mm. kind of maybe somewhat of a breakout season for sure. Mm. Yeah. Okay, right. My uh, first, sorry, question, question 12 um, of um, the of this section. So I am going to give you this one. So who won the Astana Open in Kazakhstan to capture his very first ATP title at 31 years of age. Oh, when you said Astana, I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I think was, if this is a new event as well, I think, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I know I know who the player is actually because I guess it's been so recent. Uh, it's everyone's kind of favorite nice guy on the tour at least from what i've heard um that is john millman i believe correct yes it is john millman who yeah it was a bit of an it was a bit of a nice story wasn't it um him winning his his first title because yeah he felt you felt like he, he he felt like over the course of career he he deserved it i feel like everyone who gets to a certain ranking like at least top 50 i feel like <laughs> 
if everything was fair, like they would all win a title <laughs> at some point in their career. Yeah. I hate yeah. the thought that they would go completely winless like Julian Benito, but I, I guess there's got to be someone who never quite does it. I mean, in singles at least. Um, but yeah, he, he avoided the the wooden spoon or nil poil, however you want to call it. Um, okay, question 13, I think this is. Who was the surprise finalist at the ATP Vienna event, losing to Andre Rublev in the final? Lost to Rublev in the final. Uh, I'm. I want to say I don't think this is right. I'm just going to say it though. Was it Grigor Dimitrov? Oh, okay, bit rogue there. Oh, uh, too, it sounds too rogue. Love, love a bit of Grigor. Absolutely love it. Um, well. I thought you'd get this, Joel, because we mentioned this this guy uh, in one of your questions in the last round, and uh, it was actually Lorenzo Sonigo. Was it? Yeah, he beat Djokovic, but went all the way through to the uh, to the final. So there you go. I think because he beat um... totally escaped me. <laughs> totally. <laughs> He beat oh, Brad yeah. Evans, didn't he? Um, oh yeah, of course. On, of course. on route, I think That's... to the semi yeah. in the semi final, he beat Dan Evans. Um, yeah, yeah. Evans should have. I mean, Evans. Yeah, we said on the pod, didn't we? He would have been kicking himself because I think Sonigo won that quite comfortably. Um, oh yeah, yeah. That was definitely uh, an unforced error there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, my next question at. WTA Lexington. Which player defeated Serena Williams en route to the semi-finals before losing to Jill Teichman? Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Serena Williams. This would have been, I guess, like her first or second mm. first or second match back um after the whole lockdown. Oh, do you know what? I think I might know it. I, when you first said it, I was like, oh, I don't know. I was thinking, did she lose to Jennifer Brady? But I don't think it was her. <clears throat> Are you sure? Um, no, yeah, I, I'm sure because I'm, I'm discounting that. I think it was another American player, though, who did quite well at the US Open again. Was it Shelby Rogers? Didn't she beat her in like a last set tiebreak? Correct. It was yes. Shelby Rogers. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think she's got quite a good record over Serena Williams from what, from what I can remember. But yeah, she, she beat, um, Serena Williams and then, um, you thought, oh, she was going to be the favorite for the title, but then yeah, went and lost in the, the semifinals. But, um, yeah, it was Shelby Roberts, Shelby Rogers. Fantastic. Listeners, how many of you guys are, are with us still? <laughs> um, in terms of the scores, I mean, I've, I'm 100% still Joel, which is a bit. Yeah, I, I'm crazy. two points. I think I'm two. Am I two points behind you? You're two points behind, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, plenty of but, times. Uh, plenty yeah, of time. Yeah, time to catch up for sure. Okay, question number 15, I think. Okay, this is um, a question where you can get half a point if you know half the answer. So just bear that in mind. Name the two teams that competed at the inaugural Battle of the Brits event in July. So there's two team names and you can get half a point for each. Obviously, uh, you get the whole point if you get both of them. But what were the team names at Battle of the Brits? Yeah. 
I remember this. I was watching it because it went, it went, it was on a knife edge, wasn't it? I think it went to the final, it mm-hmm. went to the final match, uh, which I think was a doubles match. Um, I'm pretty sure the team names were the Union Jacks and I think the, I think it was the British Bulldogs. The Brit, yeah, I think British Bulldogs, Union Jacks. I'm, pr- I'm pretty confident those were the, two names but don't ask me which team won because <laughs> i was blurred. just about to say that <laughs> i was gonna say yes you got the marks uh you got both of them right so well done you get the whole point and i was just about to say oh can you you know just for fun tell me who won um but it was the bulldogs they won on the final doubles time ah, so okay. yeah good question um okay right my next question is which up-and-coming player took Rome by storm by defeating Nishikuri and Vavrinka in his first two matches. Oh, yes. Good one. Another Italian, I think. I was thinking of Sinner, but it's not, is it? It's, this one is an, another promising youngster. Um, What's his first name? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of yeah this is a very italian quiz Uh, (laughs) i feel like we should do it in italian which would be a disaster um this guy he's like 16 i think isn't he uh lorenzo massetti correct yes lorenzo massetti yeah i I didn't realize i was was making these questions quite a lot of lorenzo's lorenzo seems to be a great first name uh if you want to be like a future tennis player um but yeah, Lorenzo Massetti uh, really announced himself, I think, in that tournament uh, with two eye-catching wins um, against Nishikuri and Vavrinka. That just reminds me, Joel, there's an Italian dancer on Strictly Come Dancing and I can never <laughs> remember his name. Uh, and I'm always like, is it Alejandro? Is it Giuseppe? <laughs> but it's, um, I think, oh yeah, it's, it's Graziano, but I, I just, it never crosses my mind, but maybe I, I should add Lorenzo to my list of guesses. <laughs> um, but anyway, digressing massively. Uh, question 17. Name the odd one out of the following UTS cards. <laughs> I'm going to read out four different cards, right? You've got okay. to tell me which one is not actually real. Win in three shots max. Winners count times three. Opponent receives with the other hand and times four consecutive serves. So which one of those cards do you think is is fake? I can read them out again if you'd like me to. Yeah, please, please read them out. Right. (laughs) Number one, win in three shots max. Two, winners count times three. Three. Opponent receives with the other hand and four times four consecutive serves. As in you get to serve, you know, four times in a row. I hope they all kind of make some sort of sense. So which one is is not not a real card? <laughs> I'm going to say, what was number two again? Number two was winners count times three. So... Ooh. If you yeah, hit a winner, no, you I get think that one three I think the first one, I'm going to say C. What um, opponent receives with the other hand? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's. I mean, I would love that. I would love that, <laughs> but I just can't see that being a, ru- a rule, even oh. as something as 
innovative as the ultimate <laughs> tennis showdown, I cannot see them having a rule saying, oh, by the way, you've got to play with your other hand. Oh, I it, okay. You are correct. I completely made <laughs> that one up, <laughs> but I personally thought thought that would be quite fun to implement. Mm. It's a bit like wacky races on a tennis court. Uh, but yeah, let, yeah. Well done. You got got it right. I Kim, I would actually love to see a Grand Slam where it's like your um the ro- like wrong hand only, and see who would win. <laughs> Well, probably someone. Well, I, I was just thinking, like in the women's game, someone who plays double-handed on both sides, yeah, like Bartley. Yeah, but yeah. Um, trying to think of someone who does that in the men's game mm. and struggling. <laughs> but yeah, well done, um, Joel. Okay, my next question for you: Which platform did Gail Monfils and Andy Murray? Uh, use to uh, commentate and broadcast from during the ATP Tour finals. Platform. Yeah. Oh, you mean like a social media platform? Yeah. Or oh, some sort of uh, online oh, platform. Okay, right. Um, I'm not really au fait with um, online things like. What's that thing that everyone's doing? TikTok? I, I don't have a clue what, what's going on with that, really. Um, oh, it could be TikTok, I suppose. Uh, but is it actually... Uh, I, I would say like Instagram, but I feel like it's actually something like um, Twitch. Everyone's doing Twitch. I have some friends who race trucks and they broadcast <laughs> over Twitch and they get money for it. Um, I, I'm going to say Twitch. Is it Twitch? Okay. It is Twitch, correct? Oh, yes. Uh, yes. Monfils has a Twitch account. Twitch is like a streaming service that is more, I think, rooted in gaming. But um, yeah, it proved really, really popular. And uh, Monfils and Murray um, were doing a lot of um, commentary, which proved hilarious, to say the least, um, on Monfils' Twitch channel. So you are correct. It was Twitch. Well, hey. Yeah, I, I, I tried to download Twitch to watch my friend play trucks but um oh, yeah. i don't have i don't have enough space on my phone so <laughs> I, I was like oh sorry um okay question number 19 to what was nick kyrgios referring to when he tweeted that it was a boneheaded decision oh i feel like there's lots of things in 2020 he could have been <laughs> referring to which almost makes a bit it, of kyrgios in there has to make makes it Oh. Bone, so bone, boneheaded, boneheaded decision. So it doesn't. You don't have to tell me like specifically. Um, you can be yeah. quite general I've, in terms of what generally yeah. he was referring to when he called it. I, that. I think this is referring to the Adria Cup, um, which was an event that was held with all good intention, but ended up being almost kind of a super spreader sort of event that, oh, that, that, that yeah. yeah, that, that Kyrgios just described as kind of boneheaded in its sort of, in sort of its makeup. Is, is that, is that right? You are very correct, Joel. Correct. Oh, yeah. Hosting yes. the Adria tour was what I had down as my yeah. answer. So yeah, well done. Correct. Come on. Come on. I think you're, okay. um, you're on full marks for this round. 
Am I? Oh no, you're wow. no, you're not. Sorry, you're not. You um, you said Grigor. No, Sonic. I didn't get Sonic. Yeah, yeah I didn't. Sorry, I didn't you're one. on four. Okay. Oh, okay. Right. My final question for you is concerning um, ATP Antwerp. Now, I'm going to give you a bit generous here. Um, can you, for one mark, can you name either of the finalists at the ATP European Open event, which was held in Antwerp? Belgium. Oh, that's really tough. I can't remember that tournament at all. <laughs> oh, you you remember it when Andy you remember it when Andy Murray won it a year ago, but and when uh, Kyle Edwin won it two years ago, yeah. Well, on, I, <laughs> I said Dan Evans. Oh no, I do. I've got one of them. Dan Evans got to the semis, didn't he? Because we were saying, oh, he could be the third British winner in a row. Um, but he lost two. Oh, I've suddenly. Oh, I know that. I know them both now. It's come back to me. Ugo Umber, who Dan Evans lost to, but Dan Evans had match points in like the tie break or something in the third set, and then Ugo Umber. Oh no, I'm mixing up. Oh, I thought Ugo Umber won that event. Yes, I think he did. But didn't he beat Alex de Menor in the final? So wh- who, right? are you go- who are you going with, Nick? Give me one. Give me one name oh, just, for just one, one name. Mark. Oh, yeah. uh, Ugo Umber. If you had said to me, Alex de Menor, you yeah. would have been correct. Oh, okay. But you gave me Ugo Umber, mm. and you were correct as well. He won oh. the. He won it. He beat de Menor in the final, and you're completely spot on. He beat he beat Dan Evans in the uh, semi final. Um, yeah, he took a really tight second set tiebreak, um, nine seven. Um, but yeah, um, Umber. Is correct, so you get a point. Woohoo! I feel like Joel. If we were doing, you know, like on the buzzer, I would not have got that because I had to <laughs> go through the thought processing. Like Dan Evans, who did he lose to? Blah blah blah. Um, but yeah, if we were doing like quick fire, that I would have not got some of these. I think. Um, cool. Okay. Well, um, I'm what, still on 100 percent somehow. So you're so and mid. Not, so we're midway through. What's yeah. the what are the scores? Well, you're, you're on eight and I'm on ten. Uh, so we're, we're not doing too badly. I think we're, <laughs> we're doing pretty well. Uh, listeners, how are you getting on? Uh, I think we're going to go for a quick break now. I'm going to refresh, refresh. I'm going to refresh my beverage and we'll be back after a quick ad break for the second half of the quiz. So do join us then. This is The Passing Shot and you are joined by Joel and Kim and we are going to kick off the second half of our end of season 2020 quiz and we are moving on to our Grand Slams round. So we're going to be doing US Open and French Open questions. So yeah, let's let's get to it, Joel. Are you ready for the third round? Mm, yeah, hit me. Cool. Hit okay. me. Come on. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go chronologically and begin with the US Open. And I think this one's an okay question. Uh, (laughs) Right. Question number 21, I think we're on now. Which player reached her first Grand Slam semi-final at the US Open, losing to eventual champion Naomi Osaka in three sets? I think that is because Osaka played... Osaka went and won it and I th- in, went and won it. I think 
I want to say Jennifer Brady. I want to say Jennifer Brady, even though we've had Jennifer Brady before, I'm just going to forget about that. I'm going to say, did Jennifer Brady get to the semifinals and lose? Um, It was a really good match, but yeah, Jennifer Brady. (laughs) Um, Yes, Jennifer Brady did indeed get to the semifinals and lose to Osaka. You are correct. It is Jennifer Brady. (laughs) It was a good match. Really good match. Both of those semis were amazing quality matches. Mm. Yeah, def- I think we were talking about like the those matches really, those matches really, really delivered, didn't they? I think they delivered more than the, I feel like they delivered much more than the semifinals of the, the men's event. Yeah, um, absolutely. But yeah. Um, okay. My question for you concerns the French Open. Um, after reaching the fourth round defeating Stan Wawrinka along the way, who was the final Frenchman left standing in Paris? <laughs> ah, Joel, I I have a question about this person. Oh. So <laughs> I will answer your question, but I will I will quickly change my other question. Um so we don't have two of I the same. Score. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will <laughs> I will change my, my question. Um but I do know this answer and this this person was, I have to say, fabulous during the French Open and I really enjoyed his fourth round against Dominic team, which uh went to five sets and yeah. it was, it was pretty two sets up, impressive. Yeah. Team was two sets, yeah. Up. No, sorry, your team uh, was two sets up, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, it was Hugo Gaston. Who, yeah, he lost six three in the, in the fifth set. So that was remarkable, really. That is correct. Yeah, I know. And I think he in going into the tournament, he was ranked number two hundred and thirty nine in the world. So uh, it really was a very surprising run. But yeah, as you said, it was very memorable, and he was very very entertaining on the court. It was just, it was just so, it, the tennis was so much fun, and the fact that I remember because there were fans there and. Um, it was just great to hear the the crowd, you know, behind their behind their guy, just kind of chanting in the crowd. It was just it was just so almost kind of refreshing to see at that point. It was it was it was probably apart from the final as a Rafa fan, which I enjoyed a lot. Um, <laughs> obviously, uh, this was probably my my favorite match of of the French Open because it was just. Amazing, like the number of drop mm. shots that Gaston was was oh, hitting yes, yes. out of nowhere. Yeah. It was really intense. So, mm. yeah. Okay, right. Um, question twenty three. We go back to the U.S. Open. Which player led Sasha Zverev by two sets to love in the semifinal before falling oh, yeah. to a five set defeat? I think I swear some people talk about I think they talk about this match as one of the worst semi-finals like in terms of quality like in a good in a good while um I want to say it is Pab I want to say it's Pablo Carreño Bus- oh was that the quarterfinals hang on um no, I think I'm going to go with my instinct. I'm, I'm, I'm seventy percent certain. I think that's PCB. I want to say that's Pablo Carreño Buster, who went two sets up and then Zverev, then I think comfortably won the next three sets or something. You are indeed correct. It was PCB, oh. Pablo Carreño Buster. So well done. 
two out of two so far for you on this round, Joel. Okay, right. Got a French Open question for you. This is a tricky one. I'll be impressed if you can get a mark for this. Name either of the two players involved in the second longest match in French Open history, which took place in the first round and lasted six hours and five minutes. Oh, second longest match. Not not the longest. Okay. Because the longest, is that still Arno Clement? Yeah. And, uh, and San, I think it was Santoro, Santoro. maybe. Okay. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, in the first I round. I could give you so... a clue. I could give you their nationalities, but... No, don't. Because I, I feel, well, maybe in a second. <laughs> um <laughs> I could give you the scoreline if that helps. Oh, yeah. Okay, go on. Scoreline. Yeah. I mean, it's a very bizarre scoreline. Love 6, 7, 6, 7, 6, 2, 6, 18, 16 was the final scoreline. Oh, yes. Because it kept going on. Oh, and I was watching another match and then they kept cutting. Because I think this person was sort of destroyed for the next round, as you would be. Oh, um, was it a German? Jan Leonard Struff was he involved in that match? No. Um, yeah, you could you could give me the clue, Joel. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> I think our listeners might appreciate that <laughs> as well. Um, so, clue. Uh, I'll give you the, the two players. I'm looking for either an, an Italian or a Frenchman. Oh, okay. That doesn't really whittle it down too much. <laughs> uh, Frenchman, Frenchman. Um, yeah, quite, uh, quite, a tr- quite a tricky one. Ooh. Oh, I feel... Oh, Co- Corentin Moute, I think, was the French player. And I... No, I... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I well, you, I've only asked for one, so you're going to go. You're going to go with. I'll Mute. say Mute, but Mute. as for the Italian, I don't think it's any of the Italians that we've already talked talked about this this episode. So, yeah, I'll just say Mute. Um, well, Mute is correct. All right. Uh, okay. Mute, Mute lost eighteen sixteen in the fifth set oh. um, to an Italian. Interestingly, I don't know what it is, but. Lorenzo is just like everywhere on our quiz at the moment because uh, the Italian who won against Mute was Lorenzo Giustino. Oh, yeah, I would definitely not have got that one. <laughs> In fact, if you hadn't said um, if you hadn't said the nationality French, I probably wouldn't have got Mute because it sort of came to me. Um, but yeah, okay, awesome. Gosh, oh, what a match, hey? Um, Okay, question number 25, I think this is. What famous hard rock band did Iga Sviantec listen to during this year's French Open on her way to victory? Okay, I I wasn't even aware she listened to a hard rock band uh, (laughs) en route. So this bodes well for this question. Um, I mean, obviously I can have a guess. Um... Who would she listen? Who would she listen to? Is it like heavy metal or something? Metallica? No. Um, I'm gonna say 
for some reason I want to say Metallica, but I'm not. I'm going to say I'm going to say ACDC. Ooh. That's a really good shout. Um But it's wrong. To be, well, to actually to be fair, I'm questioning myself because I'm thinking she probably also did listen to them, but the other band were just a lot like she mentioned this other band a lot more okay. in like interviews. Um it was Guns N' Roses. She said oh. that she was listening to like Welcome to the Jungle a lot. But that doesn't necessarily mean she wasn't also listening to ACDC. So I feel like maybe I should give you half a mark because <laughs> I'm just thinking actually she probably might have covered them as well. So I'm going to be generous and give half oh, a mark. Thank- oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, we've been through so much, Kim, over the history of the party shot. I'm so glad you were able to offer me... <laughs> Half a mark, fan, fan, fantastic. Well, you can help me with that Mute question. So <laughs> that's true, know, actually. That's true. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay. Next question from me. Um, which player did Andy Murray defeat coming back from two sets down in his US Open round one match? Oh. Oh. Gosh, I think I should know this, but I don't. Oh, um, you don't know this? Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, don't be sarcastic, Joel. I thought this was going <laughs> to be. I thought this was an easy one. I thought this was an easy one. Um, it's a Japanese bloke, isn't it? Um, I it wanted to be. say Felix Ojo Aliasim to begin with, but I think he lost to him, didn't he? No. Yeah, that was. Uh, um, yeah, that was in the next round. Oh, what's his name? What's his name? It's not Nishikori. Oh. It's not oh. Nishikori, no. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, there's actually a few Japanese players that are doing quite well, I think. Um, mm, oh, I, don't, I, I could be here or not. I, I've, got, I've got one in my mind, but I don't think it's him. But I'm going to say... Go Soida. Oh, wow. That's impressive knowledge. He, he was a led back in the day. Go, go, go Soida. Yeah. Completely incorrect, yeah. though. Um, oh. oh. The answer, the answer I was looking for, and I, I thought this was, a, I thought this would have been a gimme, but obviously not. Um, Yoshihito Nishioka. Oh, oh, sorry, Andy Murray fans. I should have got that. <laughs> Um, I mean, I knew it was a Japanese, but I just the name was not forthcoming. Okay, damn. Okay, right. I'm. That's my first one. I got wrong, Joel. My gosh. <laughs> okay, damn. Right. Okay. Next question for you. Why did Kiki Mladenovic call for VAR in tennis after her first round match at Roland Garros against Laura Ziegmund? I, I remember this because I was watching it on my lunch break. Um, the Yeah, I, I watched it on my lunch break and I thought, I really hope that doesn't have an impact on the bearing of this match. And it totally did because I think Maddenovic was like up comfortably in the first set. I think like five love. And she lost a game that included, I think, a um, what the umpire called a double bounce on um no the ball double bounced but Siegmund won the point I think and then won the set eventually 
but the umpire said, um, "Yeah, umpire, let play continue," even though there was a double bounce. I think is 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 what happened. Yeah, essentially, yeah, you are right. So um, I think Kiki Mladenovic had a set point, but then Siegman hit the ball after what appeared to be a double bounce. Um, Siegman didn't own up to it. Mladenovic was, you know, arguing with the chair umpire, but the chair umpire ignored her um, when it, di- it did look really like a double bounce. And if they had a video reviewed it, then pretty sure that decision would have, uh, you know, been overturned. So, yeah. Absolutely correct. Well done, Joel. One point. Who, despite playing their first tournament after a three-year maternity leave, reached the quarterfinals, defeating seeded players Garbina Muguruza and Donna Vekic on on way uh, in the French on the way uh, during Roland Garros. Don't you mean the US Open? Was it the US Open? Am I completely wrong? I'm correcting you on your own question. Am I completely wrong here? (laughs) Um, Well, I don't. I was going to (laughs) say. I was going to say Svetlana Peronkova. Is that? Oh yeah, you're completely. Apologies, apologies, (laughs) listeners. I said (laughs) French Open. Completely meant US Open, of course. I knew what you meant. I'd forgotten (laughs) that she'd beaten Garbina Garbina Muguruza, though. Mm. Um, I, I remember her match against Serena. And I remember she beat, I think, uh, Cornet. Uh, but yeah, it was Peronka, wasn't it? Yeah, she lost to Serena in the quarters in three sets. And they were set to have a rematch in the French Open. But that was when Serena Williams pulled out and uh, Peronkova went through to the third round, then lo- lost to Kredchichkova. So, um, oh, yes. yeah. But I mean, Peronkova had a really great, uh, great run. Uh, it was really great to see, actually. Just, just generally, um, blast from blast from the past. One of the one of our fan favourites. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, she's um, always been someone I've I've enjoyed watching a lot, and I guess I'd kind of. I, I mean, I knew she had a baby, but I didn't know she was going to come back. So it was really like a nice surprise to see her doing so well so quickly. Okay, my last question for you, Joel, from the third round. This is the one I've had to just invent because uh, <laughs> uh, I was going to go for a Hugo Gaston question. How many games did Novak Djokovic win in the final of the French Open against Rafa Nadal? Oh, um, that is a fantastic question off the I top will, of your head. <laughs> <laughs> I will give you a point uh, for either side. So you'll, you'll still you'll still get the point if you if you get within one game on either side of the answer yeah um yeah it was really one-sided wasn't it and everyone was expecting it to be a titanic tussle and it just did not happen um having said that i don't know how one-sided it was um did he get to double figures maybe not um i'm gonna say i'm gonna say eight games Ooh. See? Oh, see, well, oh. was <laughs> You get the point because he won seven games. But as yes. I said, you get you get the yes. point if you've got six, seven, or eight. So yeah, yes, well done, well done. Okay, God, that was so one-sided, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, it kind of was. Well, it, I mean, it was closer than the scoreline actually suggested. Yeah, that yeah, first for a while. <laughs> 
Um, okay, my final question for the round is which women's player was forced to withdraw from her singles match and the doubles event at the US Open due to playing cards with Benoit Pair? Joel, I thought you were gonna <laughs> I thought you were gonna go on to ask um me to name all the players who <laughs> I had to withdraw and I was like <laughs> I don't know who the pair eleven were, I couldn't name them all. Uh Corentin Moutet was one of them, I think. Um Well, this player has just been mentioned, hasn't she? Mm, uh maybe. It, was, <laughs> it was Christina Mladenovic, I believe. That is correct. Yes, she was not very happy, was she? Because I think well, she was top seeded in the in the ladies' doubles and wasn't able to play it. Left very, I think, left very, very frustrated um, by the um, by the situation, all kind of the rules and regulations that that were brought in, you know, to enforce the the New York bubble. Exactly. No, and I mean, I I would also have felt quite aggrieved, but um, yeah, it was a, a bit of a con- controversy, wasn't it, at the time. Um, okay, so that's the third round, Joel. You've got four and a half and I've got four uh, from that round. So I think overall I'm still in the lead. I've got 14 and you're on uh, 12 and a half. So you're you're gradually closing the gap and perhaps the fourth and final round will, uh, will get you there. So <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to the final round, which is actually going to be a bit of a homage to the ATP Tour Finals in London, which began in 2009 and have just ended last week. And we thought we'd just do a bit of a quiz round on it as a sort of trip down memory lane, some of the highlights or talking points from the last, well, 11, 12 years at the O2. So uh, yeah, let's see how we all get on because some of these questions will be real blasts from the past. (laughs) Uh, So we might not do so well at this round. Okay. Do you want me to begin, Joel? Yeah, you begin. Okay. In what manner did Novak Djokovic win the 2014 World Tour Finals? The first time this had happened in the tournament's 45-year history. Um, yes, I can remember this very well because like most fans, I was getting ready to watch it on TV and um, I'm pretty sure it didn't happen. I'm pretty sure... He won it because of a walkover because I feel like his opponent, I think it was Roger Federer. I feel like it was Roger Federer, um, was, uh, had to pull out with an injury. So he won it. He won the tour finals on a walkover. You are a hundred percent correct. Well done. Yes. Did, what did they do instead of the final? Did, did they do anything? Like, I, I can't remember. Um, well, welcome. It's funny you should ask that because <laughs> one of my questions might oh. might refer to it. <laughs> okay. Oh, better get my uh, my memory uh, <laughs> my memory going then for that one. I feel like Andy Murray might have been involved, but I don't know. Well, I think okay, he... let's let's okay. go on to that. Let's go on to that question. No, let's go to it now, Kim. Let's go okay. to it now. Fine. <laughs> um. So yeah, in in 2014, as a result of that final not being played, and I imagine loads of paying spectators in the crowd, an exhibition doubles match took place for a point 
Name two of the people who played in that exhibition doubles match. Oh, I, was <laughs> say, I remember this happened um, at Indian Wells, I think, like before the final one year or semi-final. Mm. And like Tommy Haas got involved and they did some doubles. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, yes. You're right. Yeah. So, okay. I think Andy Murray must have, well... I say I suppose I suppose he would have just been there watching the final. He would still have been around for him to suddenly appear and and play. So I, I assume Djokovic would have been involved. Andy Murray. I'm just saying that because he was obviously at home. Um, so I'm just very very specifically. I'm I'm saying the exhibition doubles match. So I yeah. think Djokovic played in a bit of a singles rally um, before, uh, but he's not one of the he's not one of the four. But oh, right. Andy okay. Murray Andy is Murray correct. Is. Well, I suppose Jamie Murray might have... Uh, well, I he might have been there anyway because of doubles. So Andy, Jamie... Tim Hemman would have been there doing broadcasting. Or it could have just been some one of the doubles pairs from that event. But they would have done the doubles final beforehand, wouldn't they? But they could still have... Oh, I don't know. Um, I'm going to say Tim Hemman and Andy Murray... That is correct. Very oh, good. Very, uh-huh. very good. Andy Murray and Tim Hemman uh, were two of the correct answers. Um, yeah, it was Andy Murray, Tim Hemman, and the two other players you could have given me were John McEnroe oh, okay. and Pat Cash. So oh. I'm sure they were all there on broadcasting duties. And um, yeah, they, they decided to play, put on a, a bit of a, an exhibition doubles match. Um I was kind of reading the the context for it. They, none, none of them asked for any money. They just were like, "Okay, let's get on a tennis court." And uh, yeah, they gave the fans, um, they gave some fans some. Well, they gave the fans a match, which they they unfortunately didn't get because, yeah, the the final between Federer and Djokovic just did not take place. Mm, no, well, that's that's great. They managed to do that, and uh, at such short notice as well. So uh, yeah, fantastic. Kim, I I, I was just going to say, I always remember. I think from that tournament. Murray played Federer, I think, in like the semi-finals, and it was like love and one to Federer, or so it was like a complete, like obliteration of Murray oh, in front of, um, in front of his home crowd. I just remember it being so, um, it's so, it's like so one-sided. But, um, but yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah, Djokovic uh, won that uh, event in uh, overall. Um, okay, so yeah, so that was that was my question. So back back to you. Okay, fa- fantastic. Okay, I like this question. Name one of the all Spanish doubles pairings who clinched the doubles <laughs> title during London's tenure of the tour finals. So there were two all Spanish doubles pairings who won this doubles title. And actually, it was in consecutive years. I'll give you the years as a clue. Oh, thank you. Oh, that means so much <laughs> to me, yes. So 2012 and 2013, two years on the trot, the doubles title went to an all-Spanish pair. But can you name okay. either of those pairings? Um, I, I, can give you, I can give you Spanish doubles players. Whether they actually played with each other, I've got no... I've, I'm, not, I'm on shaky ground. Um, Half marks may be available. <laughs> uh, so the two I'm going to go for... I'm going to have to go with Feliciano Lopez and uh, Marcel Granolas. Oh, is that? 
You're so close, Joel. Oh. So close. Um, so you get half a point because you said Marcel okay. Granolas. Um, but Who's... he didn't play with Feliciano Lopez. He won. Hey. He played with Mark Lopez. Oh, and they won. oh no! They won in 2012. Yeah, no. uh, the I team I should have just not <laughs> yeah. been. Yeah. Thing. I knew the first and surname should. <laughs> um, yeah, Lopez. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and uh, one year later, Fernando Vadasco and David Marrero won the title. Oh, wow, that's a yeah. They were they were a really good pairing. team. Yeah, they they had a good year that year. Um, so yeah, you get half a point uh, for okay. that one. Okay, my next question for you is this one. So, who won the first singles event um, of the tour finals in London? So, actually, let me just say that again. Who won the singles event in the first year the tour finals were held in London? Okay. Um, and that was back in 2009. About, yeah, we talked about this last week, I think, on our on our ATP finals catch up because we've had a Russian winner in the last year and we had a Russian winner in the first year. Mm, maybe. And that was, <laughs> that was <laughs> Nikolai Davidenko, I do believe. That is correct. Yes, it was Davidenko who won uh yeah, won it the the first first time around in, in two thousand nine when it had moved from Shanghai to London. Okie doke. Whom did Grigor Dimitrov defeat in the 2017 final? Um, I've got instantly. I've got two names in my in my brain. One of them, for some reason, is Jack Sock. Um, okay, <laughs> and the other one, and I think this again was quite. I think it was quite surprising. Was it David Goffan? Um. I'm I'm gonna say David Goffan. I feel like this year, it, 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 like the lower of the top eight got through to the final, and I feel like yeah, Goffan was. I think that was potentially one of his best best years on the tour um, in his career. Um, I'm gonna go David Goffan. Okay, well, Joel, you said Jack Sock. You said David Goffan. <laughs> And it is David Goffan. Well oh, done. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, he lost in uh, three sets to Grigor mm. in that final, 6-3 in the third. Okay. Uh, my next question for you is this one. Um, what year did Andy Murray win his only tour finals so so far? So far. Ooh, yeah. Potentially could win another one. Would be going some, but could, could still do it. Um Yes, I do believe that it was 2016 because that was, you know, the year he won his second Wimbledon, second Olympics, was world number one. And yeah, I think that was the year he did it. That is correct. It was 2016. He beat Novak Djokovic in the final. Um, and just uh, just no bonus points on offer here, but do you know why? Would you know what, what was the importance of, of that win against Djokovic in the final? Did it cement the year-end number one? 
That is correct. Yes, ah. he uh, became the year-end number one with that victory uh, in 2016 against Djokovic. Yeah. So, um, yeah, one mark to you. Okay, right. Next one for you, Joel. Bit of a rogue one here. Which American player qualified in eighth position for the 2011 event? Oh, that is, that is, <laughs> I mean, there's rogue and then there's rogue. I mean, um, 2011, uh, don't, Andy Roddick would have been long gone, I think. Um, wouldn't have been up that high anyway. Um, he's like really consistent to be there. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say John Isner. It's not a bad guess, but um, yeah, and actually that he, he has been around for a while, hasn't he? And he probably is just as good sort of, he's had, you know, seasons where he could, where be, he could yeah. well have, you know, or he might've even been an alternate, yeah. but it's not John Isner, I have oh. to say. Um, this person, I don't think you'll, you'll get, I mean, I, I was really surprised when I saw this and I, when I was sort of, you know, trying to think of an intriguing question. <laughs> and I was like, I don't remember this person being there. But um, he was. It It was uh, Mardi Fish. Really? I know. I know, wow. right? He um, he just qualified in, in eighth place. He, he had a breakthrough season, apparently, in 2011, uh, if anyone remembers. Cracked the top 10. He won the US Open Series. He reached three consecutive finals. Uh, so yeah, he was very consistent, I suppose, and got to the Wimbledon quarterfinals that year as well. Um, so yeah, really surprising. Uh, but yeah, it was Marty Fish. I, I kind of assumed that. I mean, this must have been one of his last years on tour because I'm, I'm sure he would have retired quite soon. You know, quite a, like not not too long after this year. Okay, all right, Marty Fish. Okay, I'll take that. Um, Okay, my next question for you. Uh, so, Daniel Medvedev beat Dominic Team this year in the final. It was the first time since David Nalbandian in 2007 at the Madrid Masters to do what? Oh, um, yeah, I think I know this. Um Obviously, Medvedev beat both Rafa and Novak last week to win the title and also Dominic Team, And they are the top three players in the world. So I think, yeah, he's the first player to have won, well, any event having beaten the top three in the world. Correct. Yes. Since David Nalbandian in 2007, he, yeah, he defeated, as you said, the top three ranked players in the world on the tour and um, lifted the title as well, which is, is really impressive. The fact he was able to keep going and just won the tournament. So, um, yeah, correct. Um, another Super. point for you. Okay, right. This is my last question for you, Joel. So, okay. <laughs> let's make it a good one. Okay, right. What has the cumulative on-site attendance been to the O2 during its tenure between 2009 and 2020? Oh, my God. <laughs> so I'm going <laughs> to give you a point if you are within 0 0.5 million on either side of the answer. Oh, thank you. Um, 
Oh, I've got, all right. So 12, I mean, there's been 12 editions. Um, is there a million per edition? Is that too many people? That's, that feels too many people. Um, six million. Um, I'm going to say, Four, four, four and a half million. I've got honestly, I've got no idea. A four and a half million is what I'm guessing, based on some really terrible maths that's going on in my head at the moment. I'm intrigued. You didn't try to sort of say how much does the O2 hold, <laughs> and then how many sessions are there? Blah blah. I would have got. I would have got way too confused, way <laughs> of my head too quickly. It wouldn't have been worth it. Um, that's fair enough. Um, Okay, you're not actually too far, like, you're not actually too far off. What are you saying? Four and a half? Is Four that and a half million, yeah. Okay. You're um, unfortunately outside of my my range for the point, but you know, it's not horrendous. Uh, it It's actually 2.8 million. Oh, okay. Oh, it's quite close. Quite close. Not too heavy, but yeah, listeners, if you're within 2.3 to 3.3, give yourself the point. Go for it. and Well done. I would love to know if anyone actually got that. Um, well, it of, was on of the our listeners. website this week. So if anyone's oh, okay. been, they, okay. might have, they might have remembered it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My final question to you. What did Andy Murray famously do at the change of ends against, in his match against Rafael Nadal in 2015? 2015? Was this the semi? Was this that semi final they had that was quite good? Um, Maybe. Famously, um, do it. Friends, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Was it in that? I've got something in mind, but it, I don't think Andy is the sort of person that would do this. But it, it could have been an accident, <laughs> I suppose. He disrupted Nadal's bottles. I, yeah, I was literally going to guess. Did he accidentally <laughs> kick his bottles over? But then you no. just told me that it can't be that. Okay. No, it's not um, that. So famously do at the change friends i feel like i should know this um i feel like I, I, i'll give you a clue it's i i would say it's very gifable is it i think it's very um you know you could put it in a gif i think oh, he must have got annoyed with himself maybe did he sort of chew a towel or throw his something in the bin or oh just argue at the umpire um uh, oh, I have to say something. Otherwise, we'll be here all night. Um, I'm going to say that Andy Murray threw his towel in the bin in disgust at his own performance. I don't know. <laughs> um, that is that is incorrect, Kim. Um, it was it was a lot. It was a much more somber than that. It was a bit more comical. Um, he cut his hair. Oh my gosh! <laughs> the changeover. Oh. He got a pair of scissors and just cut his hair. Um, must oh, have been wow. getting in his in in his in his eye line. Um, but I think he he asked the trainer to come on court uh, to get a pair of scissors, and he cut his hair. That is brilliant. That's that's bypassed me by. I don't remember that, but I mean, I <laughs> now you sort of remember. But I'll have to go on YouTube and uh, watch that one because yeah, what well, of all the things to uh, to do on court? Hey, I know, I know. But, uh, yeah, I think that brings us to a close, doesn't it, Joel? So let me just tot up the scores. Five, ten, I've got 18 out of uh, 20. And you've got four, eight, 12, 15 out of 20. Oh, okay. so, um, 
I have beaten you. However, yeah. it's not really the main thing, isn't it? Listeners, <laughs> how well have you done at home um, with those questions? Have you learned some new things? Have you uh, remembered more than you thought you had? Um, you know, has it, has it really challenged your... Uh, your tennis um, knowledge from, well, from 2009 <laughs> actually onwards. But we, we've had a lot of fun um, creating the quiz and we hope you've enjoyed playing along as well with it uh, today. Yes. Uh, yeah, we really hope you enjoyed. <laughs> we really hope you enjoyed our quiz. We've got one final episode for you uh, next week. It will be our awards episode uh, where we will be reviewing the whole season in our own sort of passing shot way. We're kind of formulating categories for uh, our awards uh, episode at the moment. And we would love to hear from listeners for any nominations for categories um to kind of re- recap the season um kim what what sort of categories are we are we looking for we've got any examples that we're that we're mulling over at the moment well kind of open to anything really um kind of looking for i guess maybe some slightly outside the box ones maybe something like worst tennis outfit yeah or worst outfit full stop uh tweet of the year best match of the year performance of the year um best point of the year i mean uh best i don't know best haircutting on court of the year perhaps <laughs> <laughs> um yeah like literally if there's something that you really thought was kind of super funny super exciting super memorable this year let us know and we'll perhaps uh, be able to feature it in some way or if you've got a particular category anything that floats your boat really um let us know and we'll kind of devise something and we'll have a little kind of highlight slash awards episode coming out uh next week as a kind of final roundup of the, of the 2020 season and uh next year as well yeah we will be recording that probably on thursday or friday next week so if you do have any nominations you want to get in make sure you send us uh send us them by then you can contact the show um on facebook twitter or instagram at passing shot pod um you can contact the show as well by email passing shot pod at gmail.com um the other thing to mention as well is um we have been planning our 2021 uh, season for the show already um and as part of that we have launched our very first crowd funding campaign on crowdfunder that campaign is now live um and if you want to help the passing shot thrive in 2021 and really kind of help support the show um then uh, please kind of look at the please look at the page we will leave it in the description um for this show for you to kind of click on um just to kind of read a bit more about us and what we're looking to do in 2021 but if you do if you can afford um to to support us financially we would really uh, appreciate it we know kind of times are difficult at the moment we know it's christmas as well but if you do have any sort of spare change that you're willing to kind of show and support the show we would be very much appreciative of that absolutely uh the page is live we've had some really really kind donations already so a massive thank you to everyone that's already contributed uh, we're really really grateful for that so thank you ever so much and there is still plenty of time uh, for those of you who um are able to um donate something towards uh the passing shot um there's still plenty of time as well so as as joel said the link is um in our bio as well on all of our kind of social media pages um so do just um yeah do it at your leisure and we really appreciate anything that comes our way so 
a big thank you. Uh, but I think, Joel, that's that's it from us for today. Um, I'm going to have another, I think, little tipple to celebrate my victory <laughs> over here in the corner. So I'm going to go get another I think. Yeah, I'm going to be crying. I'm going to be crying into my pillow. Um, yeah, um, yeah. And listeners, I hope you enjoyed uh, listening to this our quiz um, for the twenty the 2020 season since the restart. We really enjoyed it. Hope you did too. And we will see you again next week for our final episode of the season, our awards episode. We'll see you again soon. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs>